Yow! Tosh! Spiked audio man. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, you? Yeah, very well, mate. G give me some energy, mate. Some enthusiasm. Stop yeah, sounding so fucking miserable. We've been working so hard today. Aye, we are hard-working men. Hard-working men. Filming all day. Yeah. But we put the graft in, and that's why they pay us the medium no, bucks. the medium bucks. <laughs> um, more medium than others. <laughs> are, are you well, though? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm really well. Really well. Did you have a good week off work? Yes. We played some golf. We played some golf. How did that go for you? It started off... Mm, not not great. Mm. Got better. Then it started ter uh, ended terribly. Those <laughs> last few holes, for both of us, but particularly for you, were torturous. I had lost my head. <laughs> my yeah. head fell off. I hadn't played golf for eight years, and about three holes in, I realised why I hadn't played golf for about eight years. But I'm pretty pleased with how it went, to be fair. I it was like really further on, you, you were... Like, sizing yourself up for the Open Championship. Do you remember that uh, tee shot I hit on the 6th, though? Maybe. Mind the one that was just a really good tee shot? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one, it was a good one. Um, but no, no, it was good. It was just it was just nice to not be at work, wasn't it? Yep, it always is. I like my work, but I, I, also, I, I not, also like not being there. Yeah, not working. A <laughs> lot of football has happened since we last spoke. Lots of football. I will talk about as much of it as we can, but um, we're going to start actually up north, up north of the border, because it was a big week in Scotland. It was um, it was Old Firm Week. It was, if if we're allowed to call it that. But um, but yeah, and uh, and I I sat down with uh, with Peter Gemmel um, last night actually and had a had a little chat about it. Um, do you want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. Cause when I look in the mirror, I won't even recognise myself. <laughs> Charlie Bean, how you doing? No, bad man, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Once, uh, once described by DKA1130 as a great big player, big strong striker with great feet, scored a lot of goals at Canvas Lang and played at a very good level. What do you think of that? I'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah. How can I complain about that? And knew where the pokey was as well. Is that quite a good description of you? I would say that's fairly accurate, to be fair. Yeah. Um, aye, big Hartson-esque. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Big, big Bad John. Big Bad John, absolutely. Just, just sons cancer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, at will. <laughs> at will. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, well, first of all, like, tell us a wee bit tell us a wee bit about yourself. A bit, bit, of a, bit of a player back in the day? Back in the day, yeah. Played, listen, I still still dabble in a bit of football. Mm. So, but towards the latter years now, late 20s, starting to carry a few knocks. Yeah. In and out of the game, still mm. enjoy it. Um, but, I it's just trying to get, like, a level of fitness now where I can keep going. You yeah, know, what I mean? know that feeling, know that feeling. Absolutely. I still don't really know how I slipped through the net, but... You know, people people miss out on great signings exactly. and, and great players, and it's just that you've got there's some really unfortunate stories to be told of people that just had all the ability but maybe just weren't in the right place at the right time. Of course, I think that's a big part to play. And I think like even there's boys that I played with years ago mm. uh, when I played with St Mirren actually. They're playing at a, a, a re relatively high level now, uh, and at the time, ability wise. No, I didn't rate them in the slightest, but they yeah. had the work rate, they had the, I think a lot, there's an element of luck involved as well, yeah. not all the time, but I think it is a part to play, and yeah, there's lots of different elements, it's not just about ability. Do I drop a couple of names? Oh, wait, I'll say, well, these, now there's a few boys playing, uh, I think it says Airdrie, I want to say, mm. Daryl Meggett, good player, I think he's actually, I think there's chat of Daryl. Uh, I don't know if you read Daryl Daryl Meggett. I, I recognise the name. Uh, I think he's actually moving to there's a team up in Ayrshire. What are they called? Air. Uh, it's not actually Air. No. It's not actually Air. Who is it? It's a. Uh, I can't remember anyway. But a boy from Cove Park who left Cove Park the gaffer has went to junior and he's went to a team up Ayrshire uh, and getting a lot of coins right. and bringing a lot of good players in. Good. So Daryl's one of them. It's amazing the junior game. There's a, there's a lot of money at these clubs. There's a lot of yes. players that are actually making moves to teams like Kelty Hearts and stuff like that because they're going to earn more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played against the big boy played with the Jambos actually. Big boy up front, Christian Nadi. Yeah, played against big Christian and he played with Troon. Really? And he was all playing at Sheffield United and played with Hearts and he'd left. Don't quote me in the team. I can't remember, but he'd left to go to Troon mm. uh, and they were playing in the. I think it was the second top tier of junior football and he was like quoted. I'd heard about like, three or four hundred quid a week. And then 300 quid, like, starting really? appearance. And that's like, kind of not even top junior. Um, Serious ability him, by the way. He was a player. Yeah. Just a big unit. Absolute yeah. unit as well. But um, also, like, ball at the feet. Like, tidy. skillful. Yeah, yeah. totally, man. You could, you could say he was a great big player, big, strong striker with great feet. 
Rings a bell, eh? Scored a lot of goals. No, he didn't score at Campbell's Lang, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, tell us who you support. Selk. Glasgow Selk. It's got to be Glasgow Selk, doesn't it? So you'll be in a good mood at the Selk moment. Selk through and through. Great mood. How could I not be? Lenny. Uh, Lenny. Lenny at the helm. I'm not, I'm not going to... Initially, when he was... I was one of the ones initially at the start when he could coined and I was unsure. Love Lenny for sentimental reasons, but as I don't know if he could manage at that level. Mm. Obviously, with like kind of a resurgent Rangers coming back, I think... I don't know. I think it's kind of plan A. Mm. Lenny, plan B. I don't know if he's got it in a locker, but I suppose mm. yesterday he... Couldn't have done it much better, to be honest. Did you say sentimental reasons there or sectarian reasons? <laughs> sentimental, sentimental. We'll, we'll come on to all that. We'll come on to all that. But yeah, obviously, massive game yesterday. There's been so much hype about Rangers. A lot of it from them, some of it in the press, because I think there's a bit of excitement. Oh, do we actually have a title challenge in our hands here? Because we've been starved of that kind of thing for in Scotland for so long. Um, Rangers have undeniably had a very good start to the season both domestically and in Europe no question. Um, but certainly domestically that was that was the first big test yesterday and um, I watched I watched the vast majority of the game really really disappointed with them yesterday I thought they were poor yeah so I expected much more from Rangers it's the first game I've went into in a long time um, that I would have happily taken a draw mm-hmm. I know it's one of kind of I kind of read a lot into I've not watched a lot of Rangers obviously I've seen the results I know a lot of Rangers fans and mm. this is it this is it we're much better now Gerrard's got them going and I kind of bought into the hype a wee bit and I actually thought we're if we get a, a draw out of this mm. based on the last in the last two games at Ibrox as well they kind of took us to the cleaners a bit so I would have taken a draw um, but yeah I just it's one of those ones I thought Celtic went with a game plan and mm-hmm. or, um, like played it to a tee um, Aye, they're just like like the pressing game is good. Rangers just had nothing. I just they couldn't answer. I just like they had no answers for us, I, like the way Celtic. I can't actually think of a chance, like a good opportunity. No, exactly. exactly. It's just it's just we sort of sort of pot shots from wherever. Like Morelos came on and injected a bit of something, but to get the stats. Up, just yeah. I just ultimately there wasn't there wasn't anything that made me think watching that game yesterday that Rangers were going to come back into it and. Um, I just it particularly fell apart right at the end, didn't it? Yeah, that, well, exactly. So I mean, as I say, I expect the second half. I thought Celtic were like it's one of those ones I spoke to yesterday about the game, and it wasn't a high quality game. But yeah. you're, you don't get that from old firm. It's not really about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just about like man to man. You need to win your battle. Celtic across the pitch. Aye, like kind of no, like won every single battle. I couldn't name a bad player. Even the boy that came on for. We had to move up, but Elhamid moving to the centre half. You yeah. lost Big Beton and the new boy, I forget his name. Bauer. Uh, Bauer, yeah, yeah. I thought he did come on and did a job. And yeah. what a first game we flung into. So I just thought. What about his hair, though? What do you think of that? Screamer. Do you like it? Top notch. Yeah. Yeah, very, very dishy bloke as well. Yeah, yeah. I, You're not a fan? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's bold. It's a bold hair. Oh, it's a bold piece. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. I do like people that can be bold and just can put themselves right out there like that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm supportive. Do you know that he plays the piano? I didn't know that. Plays the piano and speaks five languages apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. I like wee things like that about. Yeah, football. absolutely. I, I always find it very interesting. See, when you're for a football player at the top level, see when you go into you try and further your education and you do kind of dip your fingers in other pies. Vincent yeah. Company, for example, I think he like graduated last year. With a master's in business, and yeah, that guy's yeah. got enough money to live for the rest of his life. Yeah, but he still don't goes. Need to do that, but he just wanted to. Fu- he just wanted to better himself. Exactly, and Didi as well. At Leicester goes to uni. Does he? Yeah, I'm not sure what he studies, but he's at university just now. Stuart Armstrong was doing that back at Celtic yeah. Law. Yeah, I think that's actually why he stayed in Scotland when he left Dundee United. I think he stayed in I Scotland because he could finish his degree, but obviously still further his career at the same yeah. time by going to Celtic. And then he was all set up for the move down south. So that's nice wee things like that. Absolutely, like naturally as well. If you're making, if you get to the top level, Celtic being the top level, it's easy to arrest and you'll ask me, I've made it, yeah. make some money, uh, but to still, as you say, to still go into that like route of wanting to bet yourself and think towards the future it's very admirable yeah, yeah. for sure mate so a good good win for Celtic yesterday yes. I thought very very professionally done and it's it, it, like you said like the the old firms of recent are we allowed like to call it old firm by the way yeah, well, yeah, we'll the, go the, yeah, the, the yeah, Glasgow yeah. Derby, as they were calling it on yeah. Sky yesterday. I think um, <laughs> th- those matches of recent years have been, it's been a very different story. It's been absolutely all Celtic and it's been dominant. And, you know, the chat after the games was only ever, oh, have Rangers started to close the gap a little bit? I think everyone can appreciate that Rangers are a lot closer to Celtic this season. Absolutely. But it was good, I guess, to see Celtic actually go there as 
you know, not the favourites, but still grind it out and professionally get the win. Exactly. And I think as well, like, again, it's one of those ones, like, I have never been of the opinion that it's great to, like, lose Rangers. It's not, see, for Scottish football as a whole, mm-hmm. it's been detrimental to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Having a strong Rangers is, like, huge for a strong Scottish football, mm-hmm. well, like, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into the game yesterday is the first time in a long time that I've been like nervous and you get that old buzz back. Yeah. Old from fans will know like there's a buzz old from day and I was like before the game, even yesterday morning, you do get that buzz Aye. and I've not had that in a long time, so it's good to have it back. Aye, that win yesterday will have felt better than some of the more um, dominant wins because exactly. you didn't necessarily know whether you were gonna get it. And I think that when you get that level of competition back and yeah, winning things is great, but it's better when you're winning against like some kind of decent competition. Competition. And if it's your rivals that is the competition, then it feels great. Of so. course, and that's the thing is, I think Neil Lennon, like post pre-match and post, had said that they were underdog underdogs for no reason, and it's mm. one of those ones like where this came from. It's just hype with it coming eyebrows through the fans, and there was no absolutely no reason at all why Celtic were like Rangers haven't proven themselves. They've got better. They've made a few good signings. They are far better and a force like that you seriously need to like take into account for the league now. But mm. I. I still, I personally, obviously, like looking through the green tinted spectacles, still, still, over the course of a season, still think Celtic are streets ahead. Stronger, yeah. Yeah, like again, Celtic fans saying that, but yeah, yeah. I saw like the golfing class yesterday, the way Celtic went with the game plan, and Rangers had no answers for it. We 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 made our predictions on a on a recent episode for the season ahead, and I think it was five people on the, on the panel and. Um, almost unanimously went with uh, with Celtic to win yeah. to win pretty much everything, and it was only it was only a big Rangers fan who I think was just trying to get a bit of a reaction was suggesting that the mighty Glasgow Rangers might might actually win the league. But I think I think everyone, particularly after yesterday, can still see yes, Rangers have come on like un- undeniably, yeah, of course. and Gerard is is doing a good job. But there's still there's still a distance to go before they're actually going to be able to compete over the the course of the season. I would say yeah, totally. Considering where they were a couple of years ago, he's done great, and it is, it is great as. Say having a strong Rangers, you mm. get that buzz in old firm days. It's more exciting. Like there was a stage for four or five years, I had I didn't I paid no attention to the Rangers score because mm. I win and lose, and it was kind of up and down. Whereas now, I am I do care. I pay attention to it because it does matter. Yeah. I mean, as I say, was before it oh, didn't really matter because Celtic were strolling the league and yeah, Aberdeen yeah. with the threat and whatnot. But now, as I say, it's good just for the whole excitement of the league and as a whole, it brings back that kind of element of there's a. A title challenge on. Yeah. I say, over the course of the season, I think, as I say, Rangers will kind of, aye, they will comfortably finish second, but again, over the course of the season, I think they'll drop more points. They'll just drop a few more yeah, points. Yeah, even if they win, they, they will win an old firm. Yeah. I have no doubt, I think they'll take points off one, but over the course of the season, I just still, still, still think Celtic are stronger. Yeah. Um, and much more depth as well, because that's another thing. Oh, we've got enough good players to play two teams now, but that's mm. not proven. You win a few games, like, yeah, they only took six off Hibs and stuff, but mm. I still think, as, you, as I say, they still need to prove themselves. It's yeah. easy enough buying Loney some Liverpool and whatnot, but yeah. we'll see. I see there was talk, the transfer deadline day today, though. I see there was talk that the Ryan Kent thing might have been resurrected. I know, I heard that. Yeah. I know, he was, he's a good player. Yeah, he, he is, is a, a good player, player totally. Yeah. What about his tattoos, though? Have you seen them? Oh, barking! <laughs> only, only God can judge me across no. the chest, and then also on the ribs, just blessed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on. No. Blessed with a pretty terrible haircut, if you ask me. Oh, shocker! Yeah, absolute Ab- shocker. <laughs> absolute shocker. Right. Um, okay, so that's yesterday's game. I think um, it's put it's put people in the in the green and white side of Glasgow feeling they're feeling a bit better about things because let's be honest, domestically it's been pretty flawless. You know, they've 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 done really well and everything, but. You can't get away from the Champions League disappointment and the defeat um, yes. over two legs to Cluj. To Cluj. They're um, now in the Europa League group. They're in the Europa League group as well, yeah. So they're, they're going to sort of reignite that battle. Um, and do you know the thing is, Celtic are going to go and beat them home and away. Yeah, they will. I'm and sure. that's what's going to be so annoying about it for you. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, as I say, they started... I was one of those... I was quite kind of sceptical. I was a wee bit unsure, like, as I bring Lennon back and stronger Rangers and he's going to recruit well because it's easy enough inheriting Rogers' team. Mm. They play the style of football. He kind of went with it at the end of the season but he's obviously kind of implemented his, I think, are far more direct now. Uh, Rogers was more kind of pass, 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 break teams down whereas mm. now there's more direct. Seems to be working because they're scoring for fun yeah. uh, and they're not conceding. So, I just think he's kind of got his kind of blueprint, imprint on the team now and it's starting to pay off. The clues absolutely was... A nightmare again. I was one to jump in the band. That's oh, not good enough. Like it's embarrassing yeah. and whatnot. But I mean, they've won. I think they've won what, eight out of nine. 
scored whatever many goals and that's the one you score three and concede four yeah it's not on yeah. and you suffer the consequence financially um, but I mean yeah they'll we'll probably take I would, I would think you should, they should be taking six points off them yeah they shouldn't be there's no the thing is it's obviously it's a disappointment and there's a lot of people measure the success of Celtic season on how they get on with European football and whether they get into the Champions League or not and I think that's a bit unfair because it comes so early in the season yep. and it's such a long route now to get to that group stage that it is difficult um, but I actually, I don't know, I'm clearly not a Celtic fan, but I don't know whether, I think you can do something in the Europa League. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like you're going to get to, if you get to the group of the Champions League, okay, great, lots of money, right? But do you really support a football team for a nice strong balance sheet or do you actually want those big you know, European nights and perhaps a chance of like reaching the latter stages or something? I'm not, going to, I'm not saying Celtic are going to go and win the Europa League, yeah. but... The, it's happened before that they've got to the latter stages Rangers have got to the latter stages it can be done you've seen some teams that are probably operating on a similar kind of budget over the last few years reach these latter stages of the Europa League and I think you actually look at the group that you've been drawn in there's every chance you can get through that and then you're in a knockout situation and exactly. you know you just have to win a couple of ties to be in a quarter final so exactly. I, I, there's, there's, I know the Champions League thing was disappointing and ultimately that's where you'd want to be operating because it's the big stage in football but um, but it's it's no it's no it's not a bad consolation, is it, to be sitting no, in that Europa League? Exactly. Even look at the group you've got just now. As I say, isn't the Champions League? You can't like sugarcoat it, but it's still a decent competition. And see, I'd imagine across the board, like Celtic fans, Rangers fans, whatever. You don't. or I personally don't. Like as I say, obviously when you get knocked to the Champions League, I look at it in the sense of that's annoying. We're not playing the glamour ties of Barcelona as you are. Real Madrid, I know. I don't think about the kind of financial repercussions of oh, we didn't get ten million. Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean? Don't get me wrong, of course, but like Celtic aren't in a bad position financially yeah. anyway. They're not going to spend that money and nah. where the fans want it. Um, yeah. And yeah, as I say, there is a chance. They're not going to go in and win it, but there is a chance to get to quarterfinals. Like was it last thirty-two, last sixteen, and whatnot? Because mm-hmm. um, the group they've got, I think they should be getting through that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um, I think uh, Lazio. I would imagine. Well, kind of run. No, maybe not run away with that. I don't think the force they won swear, but I think Celtic should be finishing second. Yeah, and getting to that, you get the glamour ties, and that's what it's about. Like old firm, old Celtic on European nights that Park Head is at. That's pretty much what it's all about. Yeah. Um, with a chance of getting through, would be even better. Uh, no, I think it'd be good. I, I think you know I, mean? I think you need to you need to take the positive from it and think that right, we've got a, a competitive group here we can get through, and then it's then it's a knockout tournament, and let's see. Let's see how we get on. So I think Champions League is a disappointing thing and it didn't set Lennon up for a great start to the season, but he's already starting to turn it around, isn't he? He's got Absolutely. that win over Rangers. The fans seem back on side. He's made a few, on the face of it, pretty good moves in the in the transfer market. I think people are starting to feel a little bit better about the season ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think, don't get me wrong, Like again, I was one of the people kind of wasn't sure in Lennon, but he has proven a lot of doubters wrong. He has been close to flawless as I say the, that's the thing as well is you, you, kind of, you touched on it a minute ago like Celtic and Rangers have to play three or four six games so you get three rounds three mm. or four rounds six games even just to make the group stages which mm. I'd say that's why kind of, you want to see Rangers and Celtic in the latter stages for the coefficient that's what you want mm. because that is like even if you play really really well four four games you have one bad game one yeah. half can yeah. was it, I can't remember the maybe one in two one or one all at half time whatever it was and then you have one, 45 minutes of bad foot when you're papped out, and then Aye. it's oh, the end of the world, laying out and all that. And as I say, it is, I mean, again, he touched it as well, like, post his interview after the game yesterday, like, we've been great. And mm-hmm. I can't argue that until they played well, scoring for fun. Some of the football has been, like, really, really good to watch. Mm-hmm. And 45 minutes, almost the wheels come off because yeah. of that. And it, as I say, kind of tarnishes everything else that's been done. Started the league really well. They are still in the Europa League, so. Aye, I think there's still lots to be kind of optimistic about, for sure. Let's um, let's end on some negativity, though. That's what we like to do in this podcast. Of course. Um, both Rangers and Celtic have received sanctions from uh, from UEFA over the last the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Um, Celtic for something that goes on a, a lot across a lot of football grounds. You know, flares, throwing objects, all that kind of yeah. stuff. You, you don't you don't like to see it. Um, Rangers for um, well, I think UEFA characterised it as racist singing but it's, it's sort of more commonly known as uh, sectarian <laughs> singing um, in, in Scotland what, um, what do you think about sectarianism? Quite funny? Excellent You'll have to see it You'll have to see it I think see even I love the, the kind of well 
I say the hatred mm. between the uh, for me that's what it's about. Like, but see the whole sectarian side of it and all mm. this kind of racism, whatever you want to call it. I just think oh, as I say, everyone's aware of. There's no place for it. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy to bring into it. Do you know the thing is, it is, it's, it's got nothing to do with football, right? But it's it's a football rivalry. Rangers Celtic is a yeah. massive football rivalry, and it's it's always going to be massive in Scotland. But the thing for me, the thing that makes it a, like a worldwide spectacle, because people tune into it because oh, it's it's Rangers against yeah. Celtic. The thing that makes it that is because because it's more than football. It's because it's got oh. this unfortunate religious element yeah, yeah, yeah. to it um, and I've always thought over years because Scottish authorities have never taken a sort of tough stance on it I've always thought that there's a bit of a vested interest for Rangers and Celtic to kind of stoke the fire a little bit and that's yeah, why they've never they can go. yeah that's why they've <laughs> never sort of really done anything about it yeah. and I wonder whether this kind of UEFA stance might actually make and, and do you know what I have to say I think the response from Rangers as a club has actually been pretty impressive over the last couple of weeks. They've, yeah. they basically, they've done everything that they could do. They basically said, we don't want tickets for the next away game in Europe because we can't trust our fans to not you Absolutely, know, do the yeah. same kind of thing. We said, you know, we, we've had to close down this section of the stand and it's because you guys are singing this one particular song and you shouldn't be singing it. Um, and, you know, we're going to continue to take this action until you stop doing it. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear anything in the game yesterday, by the way. I, I, I don't know about No, you. Well, I, usually there's like a story breaks or, as I say, whether it is someone's been, ah, there's been fights or there's yeah. crowd trouble or whatever. Actually, there was like a sectarian heated battle of some sort in Glasgow yesterday in Govan. Oh, really? uh, yeah, some sort of feud between uh, Republicans and... Did you get along with the old tricolour? I was there, that's what I know about it. Organised it. But yeah, I think, as I say, like, after the game, I've not heard anything. Like, as I say, watching the game, didn't hear anything, so I think it was fairly well um, managed by the police. Whatever, I think it went well uh, with regards to sectarianism anyway. Do you think this might be a bit of a turning point for sectarianism because it's an issue that's just not going away for you? We'd like to think so. Like, I mean, as I say, it's, again, like, they're just as bad as each other. That, there has to be repercussions. Like, extreme measures need to be taken for it to stop. Like... I'd, yeah, like not taking away tickets, banning fans, closing sections of grounds, whatever it is. Because other than that, it's just going to see if it's like, just like sanctions and fines and all that. Mm. I fans don't care, but it doesn't affect them directly. Or Celtic are going to pick up the bills. See, effectively, yeah, see so if who cares? If your club gets a ten grand fine, it exactly, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. And I, I, I don't know what you reckon. I think this it's a bit embarrassing for the SFA here in that UEFA have come in and basically said, right, you you guys have got this big problem, and we're going to do something about it. And there's been an opportunity for the SFA to do this over a number of years. I know they'll do the whole as a members organisation, you know, they've not voted for strict liability, all that kind of stuff. But just come out and just say, by the way, we're cracking down on sectarianism this year. So if um, Hearts fans are singing hello, hello, you know, the sections of the ground will be closed or points will be docked. And then actually do it. And then exactly. you'll start to see people think, oh, well, actually, there is punishment for this. Exactly. If you Im- implement the threats, uh, then yeah, that must it must have a positive effect on it. Because you say, see when it starts affecting the fans' experience and whatever, then surely it would kind of taper it or bring it down. Yeah. It, it must. Because um, you say, like, putting fines on clubs and whatnot, really, at the end of the day, is not going to... It's not doing anything. Yeah. Stop stem the flow. Oh well. To be fair. Oh well. So what did you what did you think of this? Your first podcasting experience, you enjoyed it? Listen, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty nervous coming into it, but I enjoyed it, a good time. I think you've held yourself very well, mate. Well, 20, 22 minutes of fairly reasonable content, I S- thought. Like content. Yeah. Just content, mate. Everywhere. Decent content. I even have a really nice time. Really appreciate you joining us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Speak soon. All the best. So there you go, that's uh, that's Peter Gemmel. What a guy. What a guy. Um He's on the green and white side of Glasgow. You're uh, you're obviously on the on the blue side. Um, in one minute, how did you feel after the uh, the old firm game at the weekend? Uh, it's just it was really poor for Rangers and a bit disappointing because I feel like I don't feel like this is me as a Rangers fan speaking. I feel like there's an awful lot of people have the opinion that this is the year Rangers might actually be able to do something about Celtic's dominance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go in with a bit of an expectation that there might be a bit of a contest and. It wasn't. It was fairly easily controlled from Celtic. Mm-hmm. Rangers didn't really create anything. And if you ask me, Rangers and Gerrard needed to be spotless in those Celtic in those old farm games, and letting a win slip down is a 
has let them down Aye. significantly for the title. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And as one of the things we touched on there, um, Rangers have strengthened and they do look better. Um, and it was, you know, when, when me and Pete got together, we talked about this. Ryan Kent um, has officially rejoined and a £7 million signing, which is a, a big, big money move. Have we, for got, a, have we got that in writing? Is that what the B, Generally, we go by the BBC. You tend to go by what the BBC say. I've, I've not actually seen the figure. We'll see if we can pull it up. Uh, but if, if it's £7 million as has been quoted by an awful lot of people, that's... It's worrying for me, mm. if I'm being honest. It's a significant outlay for a club that are only five or six years out of you know a situation that uh, you're getting into the intricacies of it here. But they 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 were liquidated because they were spending more money than they had, and um, obviously Rangers as a club will make a lot of money through you know people coming in through the through the gates on a on a Saturday and through the telly and all that kind of stuff, but. Seven million, if the reports are that, to be believed. I've just had a look, and that's what's been reported on BBC. So we'll just yeah, take it for so that. So we'll go for it. And um, that's on top of you know a few million on a defender earlier in the summer, and you know I, I think the rest of the moves were kind of loans or sort of free transfers, but will be on significant wages. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I, I I can't sit here and claim to know the ins and outs of uh, Rangers' financial situation, but if I were a fan after everything that's happened, um, and I know that they need to spend to put some pressure on Celtic. But I would be a wee bit concerned by that. Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't see this opinion very much from the Rangers side because there is still this mentality of we are Rangers, we are this big football club. And they are, absolutely are. But £7 million is an awful lot to spend on a player. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was ridiculous a few years ago. Well, last season Celtic spent £9 million on a striker. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you need to do that in Scottish football. Not in Scottish football, no. But I think Rangers are now thinking that they need to if they're going to compete with Celtic, who are spending £9 million on a striker. So it's there. It's astronomical numbers compared to the, you know, the club that I support or the vast majority of Scottish football clubs. But if those two are going to keep competing with each other then I think Rangers are thinking that's the kind of money that we have to spend. But it's it's dangerous ground after what's it, happened. It puts Gerard under a significant amount of pressure. If he doesn't win anything now, mm. there are serious question marks around what's going on in the club. Because seven million if you sign somebody for seven million in Scotland, you should be winning something domestically at yeah. least. Yeah. So well, um, yeah, interesting times ahead, but they were a bit of a letdown. A bit of a letdown at the weekend. I think everyone, everyone's sort of on the same, the same page with that. Um, and I touched on my team there. I don't really want to have to talk about it, but I am going to in the interest of balance. And it is a big talking point in Scottish football at the moment. But let's uh, let's move from the west coast to the east coast in Scotland. Hearts and Hibs are both going to sack the managers, mate. I'm pretty convinced of it. I don't really know anything about uh, Hearts, uh, Hibs, but I've, from what I've seen, I kind of keep an eye on Hearts just free. Just because they're a good prodigy. Because I'm going to hear, like, I hate to try and work out how you're going to be <laughs> what kind of mood on, I'm going on to a Monday morning. Um, well, well, at the moment it's safe to assume bad, mate. I've been worried. I've been worried every Monday morning recently. <laughs> it's not been good. We shouldn't be lo- we shouldn't be giving up um, a lead at home to Hamilton once, let alone twice. Um, drawing with them is poor. Um, Craig Levine is not doing a good enough job having been backed uh, very well um, the the issue we've got is that he's a manager he's the director of football and he's a board member so who is he answerable to that's that's the problem that we've got but I actually I don't I don't indulge too much in online football forums but I went on to have a little look to sort of check the mood on a Saturday night after the the poor result of the weekend and someone had started a poll said right come on let's let's actually get a sort of idea of what the, the general feeling is here. And it was, should Craig Levine stay in his job? 3% of people are still willing to back him. Yeah. And that, it's just, you can't, the whole point of football is to get people through the door watching football games. And if 3% of people are basically saying, I'm, I'm behind this manager in the fan base. And I know online isn't fully representative of the entire fan base, but um, that's good. That's a good, you know, selection. Uh, it was. It was a few thousand people had voted. Three percent. Uh, there's just the fans aren't behind him anymore. And when the fans aren't behind him, rightly or wrongly, you've got to you've got to make a change. And I hope that Anne Budge is listening to this and will do something about it because it's not good enough. Our pal Anne. Our pal Anne. Uh, I think. I think from Scottish football history, when Craig Levine has run out of ideas, it's a kind of one way street, and it's not going to. It doesn't tend to get better. So. It's just grim, grim football, mate. Mm. It's really, really. You, you can, you can put out 
a team, a starting eleven that you look at and think, oh, that's that's exciting. That's a lot of attacking talent, and he can somehow make them turn out a turgid defensive display that results quite often in a defeat and at the very best in a draw. And it's just it's just shite, and it doesn't make me want to go and watch football games. Um, but that's enough about Hearts. That's enough about Hearts. I'll talk about them again when they started winning a few games across at Easter Road. It's only a few weeks ago that we sat down. Scott Whiteman was here as well, and we talked about Paul Heckingbottom being a good, a good coach. I caught up with him yesterday. Um, Heckingbottom is mate is on the way out. By the sounds of things, the fans are just as um, you know, just as aggressively um, behind uh, the idea of some of some change at Hibs. Um, he's he's not said the right things. He's been subbing off star men and then criticising the fans for being annoyed about it. Um, they got an absolute doing by Rangers. Um, since then, you know, at the weekend there, they got thumped 3 nothing off of uh, Motherwell, who are decent but not, you know, not a team that should be beating Hibs by three goals. Um, the fans are not happy. And when the fans aren't happy, it tends to result in some change. So it looks like there's going to be, there's going to be an outgoing there soon as well. Rudy Scatchel versus... Derek Royardin. Oh, Christ. Managerial appointments. That, oh, those Jesus. are the managerial appointments I want to see. Do you know the thing is, you've, you've hit on something interesting there, right? Because the only thing I think saving these guys at the moment is who do you go and get? Yeah. Who's better? And that doesn't mean that they should retain jobs that they aren't actually capable of doing very well. But there is an element of who do you go and get that's better? And I don't know the answer to that. So that's the difficulty. Robbie Nielsen? Mate, I I loved Robbie Nielsen and thought that he was doing a very very good job, and there were a section of fans at Hearts that just didn't like the style of football that he that he played. And I tell you what, it's the biggest lesson of the grass isn't always isn't. It's the biggest lesson of the grass isn't always greener, mate. Because since then we've had Ian Cathro, who was terrible. He's been replaced by Craig Levine, who's been just as bad. What we would give for the position that Robbie Nielsen left us in, which by the way was second in the league. It's just not good, mate. It's not good. But you live and you learn. I hope those fans are happy. <laughs> Flying planes over Tynecastle asking for Nielsen to be sacked. It's unbelievable. Flying planes is never a good... It's not good. A good route to go then. You'll be used to a bit of that as a minor. Absolutely. Fan. And it's... The, the, when things get desperate, the planes always get brought out. I know. And it's never a good thing. <laughs> so... We'll move south of the border. We started talking about Man United there. I can tell you're itching to talk about your club. Given how well they've been doing, brilliant. <laughs> right, wait. Let's let's start there in England. Right, Manchester United have got the lowest points tally in the English Premier League after four games since the ninety two ninety three season. <laughs> Try and turn that into something positive for me. Chelsea and Tottenham are below them in the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, come on. What are you thinking? It's not. It's not looking good, is it? No, and it's. I don't think it's quite time to panic and get worried. Well, it's time to get worried, but mm. it's not time to panic and start calling for things yet. Mm-hmm. Always got the next few games really to start turning things around. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be in a really sh- a bad situation. Especially, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much for this set of players now to give up on a manager. I know. And start not blame for the guy in charge. Um, he needs to. He needs to sort out. The, the midfield into the forward positions it mm. was a problem last year it's been a problem for Man United for a long time defence looks better now mm-hmm. but if the defence doesn't have somebody to play out to now mm-hmm. it's a problem it's it all, it'll always come back to the defence and a defence can be as good an assault as you like mm-hmm. they will concede goals if they don't get the help um, losing to Crystal Palace wasn't good enough in terms of, especially in the way it happened, mm-hmm. like finally getting an equaliser, they were knocking on the door, but they only really had three shots on target. But you've saved saved that by getting the goal, yeah, and then you just let them go up there and the other end and score. And it's Paul Pogba gives the ball away, and David de Gea makes a total mess mm-hmm. of a near post shot, which yeah. goalkeepers shouldn't really let in. And mm-hmm. um, so. In terms of where Solskjaer goes from here, I I don't necessarily think the international breaks uh, a bad thing for him. Yeah. Because there's time to get the heads together, get the drawing board back out, maybe relay that message again to the players, like, go and and say to them, you're maybe not thinking about this hard enough, 
Like, do you know the thing for me is they clearly need to get back out on the training ground and work on, work on some different things. I, I completely agree with you. The defence, in terms of personnel, looks stronger. Um, although some of the goals that have been conceded shouldn't be like that second Palace goal um, really poor the goal they conceded to Southampton at the weekend I mean I know Lindelof um, isn't a big tall centre-back but he's a centre-back and the ease at which Southampton scored that goal um, was was not good, and um, so so I know I know that in terms of personnel the defence is better, but yeah you look for you look further forward up the pitch, and I was he's left himself very short because yeah. he's got he's, he's he's basically got Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood to choose from now as strikers. They've got rid of Alexis Sanchez, although they're still paying him one hundred seventy five thousand pounds a week, which is just <laughs> incredible on so many levels. But I was so surprised to see that deal because. Um, I thought given that Lukaku had gone and, and had left and no one had come in, I thought that he would just kind of think, right, okay, in an ideal world, I'd have someone better than Sanchez here as my third or fourth choice. But at least I've got him as my third or fourth choice. Now you've seen Martial's got injured. He's basically left with Rashford, who is a young you know, guy who's still learning his way, albeit shown flashes of, of being really good. But in spells... Doesn't do enough. Yeah. As, as well, I and I, I love Rashford. I'd love for the world to see him mm-hmm. go on and become a, a top quality Manchester United striker. People mm-hmm. get very carried away and like start putting him in the Rooney Ronaldo bracket. Yeah. He might never get there, but mm-hmm. if he comes good, mm-hmm. you know, it's he'll be a player for Man United for a long time. Um, but Rashford isn't going to go the whole season without some kind of spell on the sidelines whether it be injury loss of form suspension anything like that Mm -hmm. and at the moment your only fallback is Mason Greenwood who could be a fantastic player in the future but is he ready to be playing week after week for Man United and have the responsibility put on his shoulders of scoring goals I don't know that he is it's it's a lot of pressure Uh, the things I hear about Mason Greenwood are really really cool to hear Mm. He's, he's not bothered about you know I don't think he feels the pressure. He wants to play football. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of chat last season uh, when he was travelling with the squad, but not making like the bench or anything like that. That he was just annoyed. Yeah. Because it meant he was getting taken out of an under twenty threes game where he was going to play and score goals. And he just rather play. Yeah. Which is always good. He came on at the weekend, did a few stepovers, cutting in from the left hand side, and nearly scored. And it's all very well good talking him up, talking mm-hmm. him up. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to throw him in at one point because yeah. giving him ten minutes at the end of games isn't enough. Yeah, he's he's quite clear. He's showed in, in sparks on preseason and from what we've seen of him on the pitch against like last season Cardiff mm. and just little cameos. There's something there. Yeah, give him the like the time to actually go do something if you're going to rely on him. Um, and I guess what fans need to trust is that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is watching training every single day and he's made the decision that, do you know what, we can lose Lukaku and we can lose Alexis Sanchez and not replace them because he must have some kind of confidence in this young guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same he, time, he, he, he if talk, you do, play he, he, he was asked. He was asked who in, the, in a press conference who he thought was a better finisher out of Rashford and Martial mm. and he said to the press that they both had a long way to go to become as good a finisher as Greenwood really? is so that shows so what play him thinks. more don't yeah. give him 10 minutes at the end of a Southampton game when you're when you're chasing something and, and in terms of being short if Manchester United don't sign players in January there's going to be an awful lot of unrest from the, the you, you will start to hear the crowd mm. react to it because there isn't enough there mm-hmm. and there's an awful lot of wages went off the books there's an awful lot of money came in for players obviously we didn't get enough for some but you know, there's there's space in the budget now, and if you're if you're not going to sign players, you're just leaving it way too short, yeah. and, and leaving it to Leicester and Wolves to take over them. I know, so. I know. Palace, Leicester, Wolves all had pretty solid starts to the season, and Man United shouldn't be mixing with those teams. They should be above them. No. Um, although, although, and this isn't this is just a general Premier League point. Mm. A lot of the teams haven't started well. Yeah, and I know. this is this is what we can move on to now. Mm. Tottenham, I think Tottenham are in a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. I think they've they've gone through an experience of getting so close to something, and they don't look up for it now. Yeah, I know. And and that's part. Maybe the project is now coming to an end. They haven't made it. Eriksson's running co- run the contract down. Yeah, the Tongans within a year. 
out of our elders within a year, mm. that's going to be an awful big turnover. I think you, I think you've definitely hit on something there, and that these players knew that they were signing up to a project that was Tottenham are a club that are good in England, but they're not a club that's challenging to win anything, and we want to make Tottenham a club that are challenging to win something. And they've got to that Champions League final, and they've had that one big chance, and they've blown it. And I think now some of the players have just kind of said, look, we've done as good as we can, we've taken it as far as we can, but it's just not going to happen. And they, you know, a lot of those players individually are capable of going and playing for clubs that will win things. And it does, you know, watching them, and I've not seen as much of them as you, but watching them, there is, to me, a little feeling of, uh, right, here we go, another season with Spurs. Mm. And I, I think that some of them just don't really want to be there anymore. And the, the, bigger, the bigger thing is, what if Pochettino turns around and goes, I can't be bothered building this. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm just not even that knocked out on Pochettino as some people seem to be. No, nah, I, th- I think he's incredible. I think he's done an incredible job. He's, he's turned Tottenham from a team who were kind of mixing with the mid-table mm-hmm. lot to a team who I think it's four out of the five seasons he's been there have qualified for the Champions League. And mm-hmm. for a team like Tottenham, that's a massive, massive deal. Yeah, fair um, enough. So I think that's a really risky situation and in the next few weeks if Tottenham have lost a few more games Mm -hmm. it's going to start looking really bad for them as well Chelsea uh, people are getting excited about the Chelsea young players Mm. but I think there's they've got a very very long season ahead and they do so it's in my opinion the the Premier League is wide open yeah and those teams like West Ham Leicester Wolves you know they can aspire to like get up there now I think if there are some of those kind of peripheral teams that have always been kind of mid-table Premier League that really do want to set their stall out and try and move their way up a little bit this is this season's an opportunity for that because like you said Man United Chelsea Tottenham even Arsenal to a degree aren't looking great so far and I know we're only four games in and we might be getting ahead of ourselves and you know what we might get to the end of the season and those top six might be the, the classic top six that you expect but um, yeah I think there's a bit of an opportunity there for some of these teams and, and you just have to look at the league table right now Liverpool and Man City are, are one and two no surprises there but after that you've got Leicester you've got Crystal Palace you've got Everton in amongst there you've got West Ham um, you know even Sheffield United are kicking around in, in 10th place there so aye there's opportunities for teams Um I'm gonna I'm gonna pose you a question Do that it. I was thinking of at the weekend. Mm. It regard it's in regards to Leicester. Is Jamie Vardy a world class striker? No. I think he I think he's on the verge. Nah. When you look at his record and what he's achieved in the last few years, and everybody writes off writes him off every mm. se- at the start of every season is like this is the time where Leicester needs to start looking, mm. and he just keeps on. Like grabbing goals. I did very much enjoy his first goal at the weekend. I thought it was a fantastic finish. And he's got that in his locker. But you can't be a world-class striker with that barnet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and with that sort of eternal like wrist support that he seems to need. He's got, fra- he's got a fragile wrist and that mm, makes him not world-class for me. Well, you can't rely on his wrist. <laughs> well, here, here's a question then. If he's a world-class striker, would you... Have him at Manchester United. Uh, if somebody goes, do you want Jamie Vardy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And he probably starts ahead of Rashford and Martial. Yeah. Because it's just he just has this absolute reliability. He's a classic on the shoulder striker, mm. and he just makes runs and runs and runs. And yeah, runs. yeah. There, there was there was a point I can't remember if it was this weekend or the weekend before where whoever they were playing, I think it, oh, it was maybe Wolves actually. And a Wills player was trying to hold it in the corner mm-hmm. in the last end end of the game, and Vardy ran from the other side of the pitch mm-hmm. at full kick mm. to try and get the ball, and looked at the guy with absolute disgust oh, for just trying no. to waste any time. <laughs> I, I I think he's like a really interesting player. Yeah, and, and his story his story is a really good one, isn't it? Because yeah. he sort of came on the scene so late, um, and like total admiration for what he's done then winning the league with him kind of spearheading it all was great but um, you know world class I think when you're talking world class you're thinking about the kind of the top four or five and I don't think I don't think he's in I don't think he's in there but I'm very like respectful and appreciative (laughs) of the fact that he scores a lot of goals and uh, he's got endless energy Um, and yeah he's probably not always got the credit that he deserves yeah I think he's I think he scores a lot of goals at the at at the top level and that's um, 
and that's you know a credit to him. But uh, world class, nah, not for me. Better than Obama. <laughs> nah, he's not. <laughs> but then I wouldn't necessarily say he was in the top sort of four or five in the world either. But um, but but yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting one, mate. You know, if you disagree with us, write in. Tell write me, in. tell me. I'm sure there will be. Who who's Leicester's biggest rival? I don't know. Do they have like a rival? Do Leicester have like a a local rival? Was anybody too upset when they won the league? <laughs> nah, I don't think anyone was. I think well, I think everyone was just happy to see something something different, weren't they? Um, right. So, uh, there's been there's been a fair bit going on gone down uh, down in England in the English Premier League. It's uh, it's it's hotting up. The Nor- North London derby happened the weekend. Ah, what did you think of that? I think the North London derby is the most entertaining game of football in the Premier League. Really? Yeah. Uh, when it when it's coming on. I think in terms of like en- sheer entertainment, what happens in North London Derby, there's always loads of goals, there's always a wee scrap. Do you think it's the, the biggest like geographical derby? You know how there's like the Man United-Liverpool derby, which isn't a city derby? No, it's a canal derby. Do you think that the North London one is probably the biggest? I think I think they hate each other more. Than anyone? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's such a self-contained little rivalry because they get so wound up about it. Yeah. Surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the weekend it was 2-0 Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And then Arsenal found a way back into the game. Yeah. Uh, Probably were let off by chances Musa Suzuko had to take the game. Yeah. If if there's a player in world football who you are playing against, your team is playing against, and they go through one on one with a keeper, Musa Suzuko is the player I want through one on one against my keeper because he won't score it because he has <laughs> no end product. Yeah, I know, I know. Do you know what? He's a good player. Had a very good season last season, but I completely agree with you there. He's he's he's, he's so perplexing because he carries the ball. Yeah, he can He maybe carries the ball just as well as any footballer. Yeah, in the Premier League. And then he gets to the end, and it's just like all the bra- all the flashing lights go in the brain. What, what do I do here? <laughs> what, uh, ball in goal. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, two two it finished. Um, good comeback in the end, I guess from from Arsenal. Um, spoils shared, but um, probably not really the result that either of them were after. No, absolutely not. You wanted to discuss an ex Tottenham player, actually, Gareth Bale. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of interest in him over the summer. Obviously, he was on the verge of a move to China that broke down for whatever reason. Probably we'll we'll find about in year in a few years' time when he does an autobiography. Um, yeah, he's uh, he started the season pretty well. Yeah, he, well, he started the season. He yeah. started in the team after Zinedine Zidane had a press conference where he said he was wanting to get rid of him. It's crazy, isn't it? Pretty, pretty, pretty explicitly. I don't know if I've maybe ever heard a manager so talk. vocally. Did, did he not? Did he not say at one point like Gareth Bale won't play for Real Madrid again? Yeah, but it was something, something to that effect. And here we are, and he's doing good. He's he's fit, and Real Madrid haven't had a good start of the season. No, and Gareth Bale has. Save, saved them at the weekend he scored mm. two goals and then got sent off mm. but we'll forgive him the record because yeah, he scored the two goals it was fair um, so I, I don't what what a strange situation for Zidane I think Zidane's got a very very difficult job mm. and I don't think he'll be there come the end of the season has he totally undermined himself now mm-hmm. by letting Gareth Bale into the team yeah and you know letting him contribute well I mean basically Zidane had made the decision that Bale wasn't up to it so he's going to go. And then, for whatever reason, somewhat out of Zidane's control, Bale has stayed. And then, through a number of reasons, including outgoings and probably injuries, Bale's had to play. And Bale's come in and done a really good job. And it's kind of shown him up a little bit. It's kind of basically asking the question, are you capable enough? Do you know what you're doing Like if, if this has happened? I, I'm, I'm full of hot takes this week. Mm. Here's another one. I don't know if you're going to go with it because mm. you're very Ali Le Bleu. Ali. Gareth Bale's had a better Real Madrid career than Zinedine Zidane I, had for Real Madrid. I, I, <laughs> probably. I think people forget about you know the um, the accolades that Bale's got when he's at Madrid because you know scoring in Champions League finals back to back. He's got four Champions Leagues. Yeah, and um, has scored scored the winning goals in two of the finals. Yeah. So so for me, you know, I've been very fortunate to have lived through seeing both Zinedine Zidane and Gareth Bale play football and I think that they were both well Zidane was a fantastic player and Bale is a fantastic player um, they're completely different players and I think it's it's also a bit unfair to sort of um, judge their success 
for Real Madrid. Um, as you know, you judge success based on trophies, and trophies are won as a team. They both um, have had good times in their career, and both have had good times at Real Madrid. I think Zidane was probably a more celebrated and decorated player for Madrid amongst the fans than Bale ever has been or ever will be. But uh, yeah, people do lose sight of the success that Bale has had at Real Madrid, and I think it's a bit unfair. Now. I was, I was, this was. I've just remembered that I was thinking about this weekend, and I was, tr- I was like basically. Re- thinking up a wee list in my head of players I think he's had a better Madrid at the Real, mm. uh, career at Real Madrid. Mm. Ronaldo. I think he's a better career than Ronaldo. Actually, that whole Galacticos... Mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fat Ronaldo we're talking here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. No, not, not Cristiano. Sorry, that's... Yeah. I should have... He's, he's now scored as many goals as Ronaldo did for Real Madrid after the weekend. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think this adds even more to the really bizarre way Gareth Bale has been treated around it's, it's strange. Do you, know, do you know the other thing that's weird about it is I didn't particularly like Gareth Bale. No, either and did I. And I. I don't know why I'm sitting here feeling the need to kind of defend him a little bit and say, oh, here, he's actually been good for Real Madrid. Um, I actually think that in the summer, had he left, then that would have been a pretty nice time for it all to come to an end. Um, I didn't think China was the option, but that seemed like where he was going to go. But yeah, it's weird. I don't really like Gareth Bale. I think he's got a weird attitude. Um, but I don't think he has deserved the level of criticism um, that he's had from um, the fans at Madrid and also someone like Zidane, um, who is now kind of relying on him a little bit to pull his team through. Yeah. Gareth Bale would have won a Ballon d'Or, I think, had he not been in the Messi-Ronaldo year. Yeah, probably. There's a few players that we can say that of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's one of them. He's a good player. How long do you think he's going to be there, though, do you think next summer? I think he's going to dig his heels in as hard as he can. When's his contract up? Do we know? Mm, I'm not sure. He, he, he signed signed one not too long yeah. ago. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think if his contract's still got a bit of time on it, it's, it's going to still going to cost a bit of money to get rid of him, isn't it? But yeah, interesting, interesting, mate. Anything else? Anything else on your agenda? Any more hot takes, mate? Sheffield United are great. Great, great's pushing it. Don't know. Do you not think Sheffield United have got that little bounce of? We're in the Premier League now. Absolutely. But and, it, and it will dissipate. That's my prediction. We'll see. We'll see. But aye, they're, they're, they're into entertaining a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good. That's what football's all about, isn't it? I like a bit of big, proper Brexit football. No. <laughs> don't, mate. Don't make this political. This, this is the, the last thing Brexit this podcast football. is. John Fleck playing <laughs> Premier League football. <laughs> Unbelievable. John, John Fleck, Fleck up to Ollie McBurney. Football manager legend John Fleck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we should do that one time. We should do football manager legends. Oh, there's, there's, there is a many, a massive list. Could be a feature. Could oh. be a feature. Um, Henry Sivy. <laughs> who was that? Henry Sivy. Never Pl- heard of him. Plays for Newcastle. Right. <laughs> Still, uh, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, good mate. What? Um, so, what's on over the next few days? Anything exciting? Work, 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 work. Yeah, and your Rihanna notes there. Yeah. Anything at the weekend? No, nothing at the weekend. Don't no. think so. No, just taking it easy. Right, cool. Yeah, we'll get back on. We'll get back on soon. Follow us on all the uh, all the normal normal places: Twitter, Instagram. We'll we'll try and actually make use of those channels at some point. Um, give us a shout if you've got any particular thoughts. Um, and yeah, just a, a quick thanks again to uh, Peter Gemmel for, for joining us this week. Uh, very very good, interesting chat from a Selic perspective. I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. And um, yeah, peace. Peace. <laughs>